Dilly King Kong. Your curiosity quest starts here. Welcome in, everybody, to the Q-Code Podcast. Another great episode for you this week. Just Trav, uh, myself, Trav, Danny. Just one of the Travi. One of the Travi. Danny and Alan today. The problem that we have with having a uh, pretty pretty successful, um, I don't know if he's like an art director or whatever he does for, (laughs) I always forget what the marketing matter is. Marketing director? No, he's not marketing. Oh, he's, he's not? No, no. I mean, it is marketing that he does, but he's he's advertising. He's on the creative side of. So it's not like he's coming up with the like he's coming up with the the, the ideas, the ideas, and or not, commercials. Not like necessarily the. But I don't think it's it's not the it's not the statistical analysis of of everything. It's. He's writing the commercials. He's coming up with the creative ideas and, and the yeah. stories and all that stuff. He's so, doing the fun but, part. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so um, the problem that we have when, when we have a, a, a guy like that who's, who's pretty successful at what he does, and his, his job actually takes him away from us from time to time because he's got to do other things. Um, I don't know what's more marketable than this podcast, but (laughs) fine, whatever. I know. So you got three of us today. Um, He's got to go hang out with celebrities on shoots. Well, he was going to go hang out with Deshaun Watson um, in a couple of weeks. Um, Is that not happening anymore? No, it's not. It got, well, it did not get canceled, but their travel plans to meet him got canceled. So oh, I, yeah. So we don't. We were going to send him some Deshaun Watson cards to get signed for us, but not, that's not <laughs> happening. But anyway, but today we have. Uh, uh, we're going to continue on with our real versus real, and that is, uh, you know, the, or you could another way to say it is is history versus Hollywood, where we take a. Uh, we'll take a biopic and uh, that is based off of true events or a true story, and we kind of analyze it a little bit and talk about what actually happened. What were the differences? Where was it just, you know, Hollywood versus what actually happened? And uh, so today we've got Ford versus Ferrari. <laughs> and that is Dan Coons. Uh, this is his his episode. So he's going to be talking about it. But beforehand, was there a question? <laughs> we had? Well, typically, typically we do a quick question or an intro question um, before we get into the topic. But this time it's not so much of a question. Um, all I'm going to say to you guys is if you see on the uh, outline, I wrote, Scream in your hearts. I did see that. Yeah, I did what, see that, and I didn't. What does know, like, that what? mean to you? If I were to say, "Scream in your heart," a heart attack, maybe. So you take it as like uh, an analogy for a heart attack, like an actual physical heart attack, but you're considering. I feel, I feel like, like my screaming. My heart is screaming. Okay, actually, that's very creative, Trav. I didn't think of that. Thank you. I take it as uh, <laughs> is it is it the nineties the the nineties movies 
suffering where I take it as in that that guy is stabbing you in the heart. Oh. I also did not think Ghost face? Yeah, the ghost face guy. What was the one dude, the actor? I mean, I know there was a couple of guys. Matthew Lillard? Yeah, Matthew Lillard. That's right. He's like, you stabbed me too deep. I'm getting all woozy, man. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Weirdly, I think he was like my favorite actor in that movie. He was it. Did you see him in SLC Punk? That was a good movie, I thought. Yeah. No, he's kind of got that. I don't know. It's a unique look and unique personality. That, yeah, that, but did you see him as Shaggy and Scooby Doo? Yeah, that was. Not- <laughs> 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 like Zoink Scoob. <laughs> but, like, I'm so hungry, man. <laughs> so, scream in your heart. Um, this is something actually that made me think of Trav Cole when I saw it so long story short you know everyone knows we're in a pandemic and in japan they have handled the pandemic better than a lot of countries it's not like they have not had any problems there or don't continue to have problems but they've done a good job for the most part of of handling it better than a lot of other countries let's put it that way. i think it's probably because they're just so used to wearing masks anyway yeah, so. I mean, Asian <laughs> cultures in general are pretty used to it at this point because they've already been dealing with like SARS and like swine flu and bird flu and all those other flus. Why do they always start in freaking Asia? <laughs> well, it's really like China, isn't it? Is where they usually start. <laughs> freaking China. I guess there was the, the, because uh, it comes from China. The flu that started in the Middle East. What was that one called? Like in 2000? Oh, the. um, It was like another version of. Is MERS. MERS, MERS. Yeah. But anyway. But we're not saying this. uh, We're not saying the Chinese are at fault. Yeah. I mean, it's just. Like, we're not being. You put a billion people. Right now. Like, we're not blaming a billion people from China. I think if anyone's listened to this podcast for any length of time, you know that this podcast generally leans one way or another politically. Um, you typically, typically, so one way or another. <laughs> it's up to you guys to to figure out which way that is. Um, but let's just put it: it's the right way, but it's not the right way. Uh, uh, okay. So anyway, what does it mean to scream in your heart? Well, I read this article, watched (laughs) an article about how Japan, they're opening an amusement park back up in Japan. And obviously they don't have, I don't think they have a big problem with getting people to wear masks. That's not the issue, but they know that screaming is a way that transfers the water droplet type of things that have been known to be the transmitter, uh, one of the main trans ways you can transmit COVID. And so they're like, well, we just, we can't have people screaming on roller coasters because that's going to like, everyone behind them is just going to get hit with their water droplets, their, mo- you know, their molecular water droplets. So they made a video 
And it says, apparently in Japanese, please scream in your heart when you go on the ride. And then they made a demo video of how you should be riding the roller coaster by putting these two employees uh, of the amusement park. And I think they look like management to me, though, um, on the roller coaster. Here's the video. It's like four minutes long, but I figure this is Trav loves. That's his dream. <laughs> Comment <laughs> on videos. So Trav will be our official commentator <laughs> for this video. <laughs> Go ahead, Al. And for all of you who are Wait. listening on audio, we'll do our best to describe what Trav's seeing here. So I was distracted real quick because my microphone was buzzing. Did I, I missed? Is this a real roller coaster? Yes. Yes. Okay. Well, Sorry, I did not specify that it was real anyway, so you didn't miss anything. <laughs> but it is real. I just thought, like, never mind. <laughs> so here's the video. I believe these somewhere in here it says, "Please scream in your heart." <laughs> And then there's these two gentlemen. And why does the guy starting on the, ride the ride seem like he's got like a diaper on his face? <laughs> That's what I thought. Yeah, what's with that? Watch. It's like that is the smallest. Watch how, if, how the one dude on the left, pay attention to how many times he has to adjust his mask. And the guy on the right, how many times he has to adjust his mask. Al, why don't you be in charge of tracking that? Both of them? Yeah. Okay. So... Now, here they go. This is like showing video of them slowly making their way up to the top of the roller coaster uh, on the incline portion, the <laughs> portion. I don't know what it's called. <laughs> Just, yeah, the incline. You're going the, 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 the anticipation I builder. I don't know if there's like a specific yeah. word for it. So you're going uh, around the. The, uh, the precipice of just kidding. I don't even know. <laughs> I feel like this is <laughs> it's taking so long for them to get up there. See, right now they are building potential energy, which will then be released as kinetic energy. <laughs> um, Alan promised me that videos play fine, but this video was choppy at times, but it was not this choppy. Is it like, it's not on mine. Okay, as long as it's not oh, okay. on yours. It's not on yours? Okay. No. All right, they've made it to the top. Now they're kind of going on that teeny straightaway that gets you Is ready part of the, the rules of screaming your heart just looks super bored? Yep, watch. Here they are, the big drop. <laughs> what? <laughs> That's, is that count as two? Sure. You you be the judge of what considered touching the diaper man. One for diaper man. <laughs> what the heck are we even watching? Two for diaper man. <laughs> They're trying to show you how not to scream on a roller coaster. I'm well because we can't hear it on our side. I was assuming. They're not screaming. All you They're hear not is screaming. Like the roller coasters. <laughs> Isn't it? I wish there were, I mean, like, they can make a light hum. 
<laughs> you know, it could be like <laughs> as long as they're not like opening. <laughs> <laughs> And the no, other thing, Diaper Man's <laughs> nose keeps popping out. And <laughs> other guy, I mean, see, but that's the thing. His his mask goes from ear to ear, like yeah, it is his... almost covering his. It's and it's almost down to his Adam's apple, like and up to his forehead. I'm surprised his little eyes can. Sorry, that sounds bad, but his, <laughs> I'm surprised his eyes can fit out of that thing. <laughs> and does anybody else feel like? This is a very long roller coaster. Yeah, for four minutes. Because <laughs> there were a couple of times when I was watching this that I thought, oh, okay, this has got to be the end. And then they go through more stuff. Like, I was like, oh. <laughs> well, is this the end? Yeah, I think this is it the It looks end. like, okay. <laughs> and then they, like, come to a stop, I think, if I remember right. It's not as good, Trav. It kind of didn't work out as well because it's a lot better to watch it when you don't see it and just, like, frame by every, like... Frame by frame. Like, every 30 frames. But, yeah. That's so, <laughs> that's uh, what they call screaming your hearts. So, I hope they implement that at uh, amusement parks in America. Because when I go to the amusement park, I really would enjoy it if there was just no unneeded sounds. You know, if you know how funny that would be is you got a whole thing just filled with uh, with riders and it is absolutely silent. <laughs> <laughs> so the final count I got was nine. I may have missed one. I don't know if I did. I'm pretty sure I didn't. But and how about for the other nine guy? for the and the other guy? You didn't see him adjust his mask. Was. I don't know. Maybe and because I don't, I can't read it. Maybe really what it says is "Scream in your heart, please wear this type of mask, not this type of mask." <laughs> Wait, was there any point to keeping track of that? No, other than just, just to see. I was curious, so I wanted you to do it. He just wanted to keep you busy, Al. <laughs> He's like, he doesn't have enough to do. Let's make him count. Let's make him count. <laughs> uh, the truth is, Alan, did you see the pink gorilla walk behind Trav and I? Have you mm-hmm. seen that video? Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. Like where they're telling them to count how many times the balls like get passed around or whatever. And then they're like... But did you, you see, see the, the pink gorilla? gorilla? And I was oh, like, oh, no, I didn't see the gorilla. <laughs> like, sure, I can't people, remember. People can't multitask. It's a falsity. It's a falsity. You, you might be able to switch from one thing to another super quick, but as far as paying attention to two things simultaneously, you can't. No. It was on brain games. Um, it's where I saw it at first, but yeah, I think I fell for it the first time too. But then after they pointed out, now I can't unsee gorillas when they walk by. (laughs) 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 All right. Anyway, should we get into Ford versus Ferrari? Ford versus Ferrari, or as I like to call it, FVF for short. Good. (laughs) 
Which I know, again, if anybody knows me fairly well, you'll probably think to yourself, like, why did he pick Ford versus Ferrari? Like, he does not seem like much of a car guy. We've established in an earlier episode that if I had, like, millions of dollars, that I would just upgrade to a CX-9 from my CX-5. Well, you would have upgraded to a CX-7, but they don't exist anymore, so you got forced to a (laughs) CX-9. I had to go a double jump on that one. Um, yeah. But I'm not a big gearhead. I'm, you know, if my car breaks, uh, I'm calling a tow truck. I mean, I'm, I could sit there and pretend I could be looking at the engine and try to figure out what's wrong. But honestly, I don't really know. Um, but for that reason, I kind of decided I'm going to pick something that's a little out of my comfort zone, a little out of my way. Also, I did watch seasons one and two of Formula One Racing on Netflix in the last couple of years. So that made me feel <laughs> like I was part of this committee. Or committee. In the last couple of years, I watched some TV. <laughs> what I learned from watching Ford versus Ferrari is apparently an inline six is garbage. What I like inline six. It's gotta be in a V. Oh, inline sixes though is what the Jeep Cherokees had in the nineties. Mm. I liked mine. So, <laughs> <laughs> and Trav used to believe because I told him that Jeep drivers had a manual that they had to read, and they had to always be courteous to other Jeep drivers. <laughs> it was bold crap. <laughs> And it was funny is like, I don't know, <laughs> like if you, like, did you actually think that I believed you is the thing? <laughs> You're like, oh man. No, I didn't I actually. Got him, I got him good. <laughs> I didn't think you actually believed me. I knew you actually oh. believed <laughs> Yeah. Mm-hmm. <sighs> All right, fine. Like, I might have known deep down you weren't buying it, but <laughs> You're like, yep. Anytime you pass a jeep, you gotta wave at him. Did he say it like? Did he say like <laughs> the motorcycle people or like? <laughs> I don't know. It's just like. And then we passed another jeep. I'm like, where are we on that one, man? You gonna go to jeep jail now? <laughs> <laughs> it was scary. Like who's, yeah. who's regulating these rules? <laughs> Jeep police. <laughs> it's a very intrinsic like system they got going on there. They Jeep people in. can act as Jeep police too. So suddenly like you can be like, "Oh, I'm going to get caught cuz they just put their sirens on." <laughs> okay. They take you to jail. Ooh. Oh. All right. Anyway, yeah, Ford versus Ferrari. So I watched it, surprisingly, last night because that was finally when I got a chance. I think that's when Alan watched it because he was sitting on a couch next to me. And (laughs) (laughs) Trav, did you see it in the theater? No, I I rented it a little while ago. Okay, but you liked it. Mm -hmm. So it was a good movie. A quick summary of basically what happens. This is supposed to be about the story of how Ford ended up in a quote unquote war against Ferrari. As far as in the racing um, circuit, there's a huge race that takes place once a year in Le Mans, France. um, And it's called the Le Mans race. 
and this was like the race of all races. So Does it like go or, like twenty four hours? Yeah, twenty four hours. Like it's a race that's literally twenty four hours long. And so Ford uh, wanted to go because they were a little bit bitter. Let's put it this way: because there were some business dealings that didn't go through, and we'll get into that here in a little bit. Um, Henry Ford the Second came back and said, you know what, like, fine, whatever it takes. And it, his quote in the movie is like, I don't care how much money it costs, whatever it takes, go beat like Ferrari in this race. And so that's kind of what the movie's about. And then they bring in characters. Matt Damon's character is Carol Shelby and Christian Bale's character is uh, Miles. Um, what's his first name? Ken, Ken Miles. Which, so, by the way, my background, that's a Shelby Cobra autographed by Carol Shelby himself wow. on the dash that I got to go sit in and start up and stuff. Yeah, Alan went to somebody's garage that has quite the collection. Mm-hmm. I mean, that would have been super sweet if whoever invented my Dodge Neon could have signed my dashboard when I got that thing. <laughs> I'm pretty sure he was from the 90s because it's neon. And he's probably really good at not getting hit by stuff. Yeah. And he probably would have used one of those neon highlighters. Yeah. He, he, he did sign it, Trav. You just can't see it. <laughs> you guys are so dumb. <laughs> how, many, how many Searchers other, how many other little light. jokes can you throw in the word neon? <laughs> Is this one of those moments where you're like, I should have never said that? Yes. Yep. <laughs> anyway, so long story. Yeah. This is the story of them going through the trials and tribulations to go to this big race and try to beat Ferrari at a race that they had been dominating for years. Um, in essence, is the basic baseline of the story. So we'll just get into some of the questions that you may have. If you've seen it, if you haven't seen it, you may want to stop right now and go watch it and then come back and listen to more as there will be spoilers. Um, Or if you just really enjoy listening to bout movies, but you don't actually want to watch the movie, then that's cool too. So... Yep. So, we're My some suggestion of them- is to never suggest that somebody stop watching your show <laughs> in the middle of it. <laughs> no, no, we want them to be able to participate. Yeah, be like yeah, yeah. I can't, I can't believe that didn't happen. OMG, because that would be like how some people would say it if they watched it. People are just uh, watching it with anticipation while we're on pause and on their computer, just like, I gotta get back to the podcast. <laughs> uh, come on, this is a two and a half hour show. <laughs> so they can resume and in three and a half hours, they'll be done. So, <laughs> all right. So let's go through the main, the basic thing, right? Were the characters, the main characters in the movie actually real? So let's do like yeah. a real quick, sh- like, uh, what is that like? The first thing that comes to your head, except for you guys just say yes or no. Uh, Carol Shelby. Yeah. Yes. Correct. Ken Miles. Yes. Yes. Correct. Molly Miles. No. His wife. Yes. Yeah. Correct. He, yes. Alan wrong. All right. Peter Miles, his son. Yes. Correct. Yes. He is real. So I was curious about Peter Miles because he was so young in the movie when his dad 
well, now I'm spoiling it. I'm spoiling it. His dad passes away at some point. Um, so I was curious, like, okay, one, is he a real person? What did he end up doing? Was he really that young? And yes, he was 15 when it happened. Um, and then he actually himself got into the car biz, if you will. Um, and he helped create some replicas of the Ken Miles limited edition 427 Cobra. So here's a couple pictures for people who are watching um, that Alan's going to bring up right now. But these are just like three of the different replicas. I guess apparently he helped with 10 different replicas. Um, these are kind of cool looking cars. I've always liked those cars. It's, the, it's got the really European look to that awesome powers like i was thinking more james bond but oh i guess they're They're basically the same thing (laughs) (laughs) so this is one uh if you just go to the next picture you can see a couple more i just picked one red one blue or one black and one yellow Um, black and yellow black and yellow no you took my joke okay I was going to say it reminds me of black and yellow, black and yellow. (laughs) Just because you didn't get to say it doesn't mean you could repeat it. (laughs) Why are are the headlights blacked out? That's not going to work. Well, do you remember the Cars movie where he's a race car, so he didn't have headlights, and so he got lost trying to catch up to Mac, and that's how he ended up in Radiator Springs in the first place. Because oh. he didn't have headlights. So he's just all pupils, huh? He's on, like, coke? No, I just... He didn't need <laughs> headlights. He, he only he raced at day. Why would you need to... Why or need if he raced at night, there was, like, well-lit tracks. And uh, you don't need headlights when you can go, ka-chow. What's that song? Like, one headlight. Wallflowers? Yeah. How I don't remember anything else about that song. Just one headlight. <laughs> yeah, you're okay. like you're like freaking Chris Farley in that one skit <laughs> on Saturday Night Live. You're like, you, remember remember that one song about one headlight from the Wallflowers? Yeah, that was pretty cool. <laughs> yeah, that did. You, feel, me- feel you remember like that? Remember that? Remember it? <laughs> Once I got past that part, I was like, I don't have much else to say about it. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, okay. So moving on. Um, oh, and so obviously, so sorry, back to Peter Miles. Also, he became a off-road racer and was really, really successful at that and actually was inducted into the off-road uh, motorsports hall of fame um, later mm-hmm. in his life. So he followed in his dad's footsteps um, for sure. Uh, Lee Iacocca. Yes. Yep. Mm-hmm. He was the marketing director at Ford um, in real life. Uh, Leo Beebe. Yes. Wait, Wait, which one? Again? He's Josh Lucas's character. He's like the vice president of Ford Motor company yes like the guy who's uh, is the, the the one that's always after ken miles mm. in the movie yep i'm gonna say yes because <laughs> i already answered yes so <laughs> uh, 
Um, yep. I don't know how much yep. I can spoil though. The movie, so that's why I hesitate. Henry Ford II. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yep. Who was Henry Ford II? That it was Henry Ford. He was Henry Ford's son. Second son. I'm just kidding. Yep. Well, incorrect. I thought that he was his, his grandson. Son. His grandson. His grandson. Yep, exactly. Um, no, I really thought he was his son too, but then I was like, how old would Henry have Ford been when he had him? Because it's like the 60s now. Like, like that's pretty long. But yeah, it's his grandson. Uh, Enzo Ferrari. Yes. yes. Yep. He is the original, I guess, creator, starter of Ferrari, the company, and the car. Um, Phil Remington. Who I don't he? remember who that is, but he plays the kind of like the lead mechanic, like the right hand man mechanic for Matt Damon's character, Carol Shelby. Oh, um, oh, him. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yes. Yes. Yep. Yep. Mm-hmm. He's real. Are they all? <laughs> spoiler alert. Yeah. Are these all real characters? <laughs> like, are these all real people? Yeah. Is there any are you going to get to the end and you're going to say, yeah, they're all real? That's the end of the list. Yes, they're all oh, real. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> so, all the main characters in the movie are real. So, we don't, we're not in a situation like we were last week with Trav's movie where, like, almost none of the characters. <laughs> That's true. <laughs> I just wanted to change it up. You know, I'm like, what movie has all the characters that are real as opposed to none? All right. But so, I want to say that the, I forget his name again. The, um, the guy who's like the villain in the movie. I want to say BB? that. Yeah. yeah BB, he, he may have been real, but I think they over uh, stated how like much of a dick he was. Oh, let's I see. For some reason, I don't think like, Someone could be just that outright rude, like mean to somebody. For I think the word you're, no reason. you're looking for is dickish. Yes, dickish. Because if that's true. Well, I, I might have an answer out. for you on that, Alan. You're, you've come to the right place. <laughs> All right. So what is Le Mans race was one of my questions that I had. I don't know if you guys had that question when you were watching this movie. But. The Le Mans race we already described earlier is a race that happens in Le Mans, France. It's a 24-hour long race, and it's not – so, like, typically in racing – and honestly, before I watched this movie, I didn't even know this was a thing um, for ra- car racing. But, like, it is always just whoever can go around the track X amount of times, the fastest, or it's always the fastest time, right? It's like whoever, if you're racing in like the quarter mile, it's just whoever completes the quarter mile the fastest, right? But uh, these type, this race is literally who can go the furthest distance in 24 hours. And after 24 oh. hours is up, then they just calculate like who went the longest distance and that's the winner. Yeah. So oh, it works differently for that fact um so, so there yeah. is you after 24 hours there is no like actual finish line then because yeah, it's just like not necessarily whatever you you're at 24, 24 hours, hours is i had okay finish. i had that question like if 20 hour four hours hits then is it like that means okay now this is your last lap that you're in yeah. as soon as 24 hours hits and then you but i mean in essence it is i mean you would be in the lead but like excuse me like 
24 hours could be up and you could be like, like everyone else could cross the finish line before you, mm-hmm. but that's because you win because you've crossed the finish. Like you're already a whole lap or more ahead of everybody else. Yeah. If that makes sense. So and it's still the similar concept. It's just a little different anyway. So the Le Mans race started in 1923 um, and just is an annual thing. So the next question I had, and if you guys have questions for me, let me know. Did Carol Shelby really win Le Mans? So at the beginning of the movie, it starts off with Carol Shelby racing in the Le Mans. And he goes through and eventually shows him blackout um, or something like that, which then the next scene is him at the doctor's office, if I remember right. Mm -hmm. Um, But yeah, the answer to that is yes, he actually did. Um, He won the Le Mans as part of an Aston Martin racing team where his co-driver. So again, in these races, because they're 24 hours long, are not um, like the same driver does not drive the entire 24 hours. Oh, they switch. How many many drivers are there? Two. So they have co-drivers. So they take shifts like every four hours. Oh, they do. So that was true. I I remember them talking about that, right? Yeah. And they do that in the movie, but it's, so it's teams of two drivers per car that goes so like the fact that Ford brought three cars to the race. They really had six drivers because mm-hmm. they are in teams of two. You said every four hours they switch. So it's three shifts. Yeah. Per driver Per driver. Um, which on a side note, I didn't even have this, but thinking of the movie, yeah, they're supposed to do three shifts. Each would be my guess, right? Four hours each. But, um, Ken Miles' character starts the race yeah, that's what and say finishes the race. So, like, it seems like somewhere, maybe they don't actually have to take four. Maybe they can switch whenever. No, I think, uh, I, as, as I recall, I feel like he was supposed to come in and then just decided not to at some point. Maybe, oh my gosh, my freaking dog. <laughs> we have a new podcast host. Ugh. So it's my dog, Phoebe. You're saying that he just like skipped one of his shifts? Like I, I maybe I'm wrong, but it just it did. It, like I feel like I recall, like he was supposed to come in and switch shifts, and then he just like kept going. But maybe no. That, I mean, in the movie, at least they didn't depict that. Um, okay. I mean, it's so. been a while since I've seen it, but. Yeah, so that's basically what the Le Mans race is. But like I said, it was like the, I was going to say sugar daddy, but like (laughs) the, what would you call it? The big Huna of this type of race in the world um, at the time. So yeah, so back to this. So the next scene, like I said, is suddenly Carol Shelby goes from racing in the Le Mans where he's like, he blacks out, which I still don't understand because he won. But the way they portray it in the movie is almost like you thought he got in a car accident or something like that. Yeah. You guys remember that from the beginning? I remember him blacking out and then showing up. Does it, does it ever go into more detail on that? Like he blacks out and then he's just at the hospital and then I feel like they never talk about it again. 
Yeah, well, like he's at the doctor's office just visiting him and he gets his diagnosis at the doctor's office. So the diagnosis he gets is like his heart has a problem. Like in the, in the movie, the doctor says, if your heart goes over 130 beats per minute, then you're in serious trouble. Like that's going to cause you to black out or like oh. die, you know. Is that why in the, mo- the whole movie he's like a pretty just always calm and chill Person yeah, like he part. can't. He has to like keep his heart rate under one thirty. Mm-hmm. Um, oh, that explains because I missed that first part. So that explains the pills at the very yeah. end. Yeah. So the question is, did Carol Shelby stop racing because of heart problems in real life? And the answer to that is yes. He was diagnosed with angina pectoris uh, and forced to retire. And that again, basically. Like in the movie, they describe if it goes over 130 beats per minute, it's going to be super dangerous. But I was curious what the heck angina pectoris really it really is. And so, like the best like simple version of it is basically it's chest pain due to coronary heart disease caused by the heart not getting enough blood or enough blood that it needs at any given time. And a lot of times that could be like there's like a valve that's like partially blocked or various reasons. But for whatever reason, you can't. So, yeah, like you see in the movie, like throughout the movie, he's always popping those pills. Mm-hmm. Um, those pills are nitroglycerin pills. Ah. Uh, open up your arteries. <laughs> nitroglycerin. <laughs> <laughs> Remember that one song? <laughs> Remember that one song? Glycerin. Glycerin? Glycerin. Is that, who is that, Bush? It's fuel, isn't it? You, I don't know. That was just one of Danny's CDs. No, maybe, maybe it is. Bush. I'm pretty sure Danny made his own <laughs> lyrics. Didn't you to that song? Is that one of those songs that you like? I'm going to make my own lyrics. Too. <laughs> maybe I did that to a lot of songs. <laughs> Once I had my thesaurus in hand, it was all songs. I think you, did, <laughs> you also did it with you two's with or without you. Yep. I did it with American Pie. That was a long song. I should have looked it up before I started. <laughs> but because back then, too, it wasn't like always super easy to just be like, oh, I'm just going to pop online, find the lyrics, print them out, and then I'll know, and then I can just write my new lyrics, right? It was literally me listening to the CD and pausing every few seconds so I could write down what the lyrics were. On a piece of paper, and then go back and create. This is, these are the things our children will never understand. Yeah, for sure. They'll be this like, is what? what we had to go through <laughs> with no internet. <laughs> uh, can you, can was, you imagine how hard that would be? That would be to do with Nirvana. For what? Like try to transcribe their. Aren't lyrics? they famous for? All, like their songs, you cannot understand what they're saying for the <laughs> <Maybe>. most part. <laughs> Never mind. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I didn't listen to a lot of Nirvana growing up. So, like, what's one of their songs? Well, the only thing I know from one of their songs is Here We Are Now. Entertain us. But that part you can. Is it Entertainers or Entertain Us? I don't even know. 
Because I always said entertain us. And I But then I, I realized like they were entertaining me, but they were singing, so therefore would they be the entertainers? <laughs> Guys. But I more know it. This all started because I said nitroglycerin. <laughs> <laughs> I more know that song, not from Nirvana, but from <laughs> Moulin Rouge. Oh, okay. <laughs> All right. So, yeah, we established that Carol Shelby did have art problems, and that's why he had to retire. Uh, so you go further into the movie, and they now are at a spot where um, Lee Iacocca, the marketing director at Ford, is doing a presentation because... Henry Ford at the beginning of the movie does come in and say like, Hey, we need to do something. Like he shuts down his factory. He tells everybody, this is what it'll sound like if we go out of business because we're Ford, but we're struggling. We don't have like that image anymore that people want Fords. Right. I think they were probably looked at as kind of like a boring, the boring man. They went through that several times because I remember was it like I don't know, within the last decade they had to go through a total make it was it was essentially during the 2008 2009 yeah. um crap like gm was right alongside them struggling a lot of the Amer- like the american car companies struggled a lot during that mm-hmm. that time frame well, no ford was actually the only one who didn't take a bailout oh they didn't yeah, yeah they, like you're right. Chrysler yeah, they didn't like take a bailout and they actually rebranded and came out with a new look of cars and got rid of all their stupid stuff. So I feel like they go through these little, uh, they've, they've, so basically is what I'm saying is they went through that back in the 60s and then yeah. they go through it again, like later on in the, you know, 2008, 2009 thing. But uh Anyway, it was just in, an interesting thought in my head. <laughs> yeah. No, Didn't it's mean true. anything. And I guess, like, if you really think about it, any company that's been around for over 100 years, like, you would imagine that they have to adapt or they're not going to be around for 100 years. Yeah. So it, it makes sense that they would have to uh, reinvent mm-hmm. themselves um, from time to time. Yeah, I don't see Ronald McDonald around anymore at all. I know it's been a while, but um, did Ford buy almost buy a Ferrari? So it shows in the movie that yet, like they go there, they're trying to like, or sorry, back to the Iacocca. He says we should be like we should get into the racing game. Like that's what people. That's like the cool thing. Like right to boost your image, and the idea that they come up with is we should go buy Ferrari because Ferrari is this company that's world world renowned for their sports cars. Um, they've been dominating the racing circuit, but they're struggling financially. Mm-hmm. So we, we have an in, maybe we can go there and we can negotiate a deal. So the answer is yes, they did um, go try to buy Ferrari, um, but it's a little different than, so in the movie it portrays it as, uh, Lee Iacocca goes and with his team and they try to like get him to sign a contract and he's like, I got to read the contract, but it basically makes it look like the whole thing happens in like a day or two. Yeah. But apparently it was several months of negotiations back and forth trying to figure out this deal. The final deal that was on the table was $10 million um, to buy um, Ferrari. But it was the fact that Ford said that um, 
Enzo Ferrari and Ferrari would not have final say on the racing division. So Enzo would have been fine selling, it sounds like, if he could retain control over the racing division and still be in charge of all of that. And so that was depicted in the movie, and that was actually basically what happened. Um, the only difference is it took place over several months, which I guess they didn't want to drag the movie out for that portion of it over several months of time. Yeah. So Ford's plan was to basically buy Ferrari so they could take over Ferrari's racing division and then just like take them out of the race altogether so that their four no, cars just, could enter and I win, think or? their plan would have been to keep Ferrari but it would have been like now Ferrari was owned Ford with, by Ford and so any success Ferrari saw would also be success for Ford mm-hmm. if that makes sense um, so then obviously the deal doesn't go through so Leah Iacocca comes to come back in the movie and he has to basically say okay we failed we didn't get the deal and then the question is did henry ford the second really seek revenge after the deal went south because in the movie he gets all upset because the iacocca tells him that he called them pig-headed fat and not um, henry ford not henry ford's like not his fault like not the original henry yeah. ford he's just henry ford the second whether or not that's exactly what enzo ferrari said i don't know but for whatever like the fact that the business deal didn't go through did piss off henry ford and then he did give the green light like okay that's it we're gonna build our own race car we're gonna go to Le Mans, and we're gonna beat ferrari mm-hmm. that's gonna be our goal and so he put that project out there and that was the beginning of this ford uh project uh so the other thing too is i think that scene starts with uh henry ford reading a newspaper article that says fiat buys ferrari and i think even alan had a comment about that and he's like what fiat and so did fiat really buy that's all i really said too (laughs) (laughs) Did Fiat actually buy um, or buy a stake in Ferrari? And that is true, but it was made to look like in the movie that Fiat, um, excuse me, that Ferrari used Ford to negotiate a better deal with Fiat. Yeah. They were like, hey, Ford's interested in us. Yeah. So so you got to pay a higher price, Fiat. Just to like, yeah, to get leverage. And mm-hmm. that's part of what pissed off Henry Ford in the movie. But the truth is Fiat never bought a stake in Ferrari until 1969, which is like years after Ford already won the Le Mans. Mm. <clears throat> it was like two totally separate deals. It wasn't even like at the same time or anything like that. So that was just for the movie to bring more suspense apparently. Plus, Fiat, Ford, and Ferrari got together. That's like it was probably yeah, because like <laughs> what? what? <laughs> this is Danny's joke. If Fiat, Ford, and Ferrari got together, that would be three <laughs> 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 triple F. <laughs> <laughs> what were you saying now i was just saying they probably i mean that they added that probably just to uh add to the fire like not only was ford kind of trying to take advantage of ferrari but 
it also turns it around and Ferrari is trying to do something shady to floor or under the table too. So now it's like, oh, both sides were trying to yeah. you know, play each other. No, and I mean, I think this is like a right. reoccurring theme in the movie. And I even mentioned it to you last night, Alan. But like <clears throat> the movie definitely depicts Ford as the good guys and Ferrari as the <laughs> bad true. guys. When in reality, there probably was no good guys, bad guys. Yeah. Just, everyone was just doing their thing, you know. But they portrayed Italians to be like really dumb in that movie. Like, <laughs> I don't know if you remember, Trav, but like in the big race, like Matt Damon's character steals stopwatches and then they fight over stopwatches. <laughs> yes. And then he throws like a little nut on the ground. And then they like freak out and fight over like what? Who put the nut there? Oh my gosh! Like, well, I think on that part though, he he threw the nut on the ground just to toy with them to to make them think. Oh, when the car came in for pit stops, this fell off. So like, what part of the car is this? Is the car gonna break, car gonna break down? Yeah. Now? Well, it's but the look like, nut. We gotta find. Do we call it back into the pit stop? And yeah, I don't. Yeah, no, I totally agree with you. But it's the lug nut. I don't think they were wondering which part of the car they would know. They just thought somebody probably didn't put one of the lug nuts on one of the wheels, one of the tires. I am, but so they are. Yeah. Because they would have been really they were dumb. Freaking they like, out, found man. a lug nut and they're like checking the engine block. Like, where's this lug nut go? Um, lug nuts and engine block. We don't know like, anything about that. That's true. Cars. I'm saying this statement with so much confidence, but really, I don't know. I've never pulled. I've never pulled apart an engine block. So maybe there's lug nuts in there. <laughs> I like that. I just like that word, lug nut. <laughs> Well, you can have it, Alan. Okay. It's my gift to you. Take lug nuts and go luggity crazy. <laughs> okay, so let's get into the meat of this, guys. So were Carol Shelby and Ken Miles, or were Carol Shelby and Ken Miles really like intrigly, 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 <laughs> intrigly, intricately, integrally, integrally? Integral, yes. Uh, Integrally. In, <laughs> <laughs> to, <laughs> to the design and, and development of the Ford GT40, which is the race car they build in the movie, to race in these races, right? Um, and then uh, one cool fact is this side thing. I'm assuming it's true. I didn't double check it to verify it, but like they do describe how it's called the GT40 because... Um, it was 40 inches off the ground. So like these race cars could not be any more than 40 inches off the ground, like from the bottom to the top. So they were super low to the ground. Um, and that's why they called it the GT40. Um, and yeah, the, the answer is yes, that they were highly involved, but um, there's a lot of other people that were involved um, just as much as they were in designing and building the car but they didn't want to put all these extra characters into the movie, I guess, for simplicity. So you're not getting confused with who everybody is. So they basically made it look like these two were like the complete brains and genius behind this whole project. Um, which kind of like it makes when you watched it, like the whole time Ken miles is just like, well, this is how you fix this. And well, you got to do this with this. And you got, you know, like he had an answer for everything, but apparently it was like a whole team of people uh, that got. So wait, sorry, you're saying it couldn't be higher than 40 inches. 
Yeah, from yeah. the ground, the car. Like 40 like inches? From, yeah. Yeah. So, like, the from, top of the car is only, like, just oh, over three feet high. the top of the car. I thought you meant, like, the bottom of the car. Couldn't There couldn't be a gap of more than 40 inches. It's me like, that's a freaking tall... There could not be less than 40 inches between the road and the bottom of your car. So everybody had, those tires you're everybody on. had lifts on the race car. Um, if you want to bring up picture number three, Alan, this is just a picture, but I mean, anybody who's watching it actually can see the car behind me and behind Trav. So, um, but this is a picture of the replica they built for the movie. Um, of the car and it does look very similar. I looked at other pictures of the original versus the, the replica they built and other than like a little color, but I don't know if that's just the photos are worn. Um, it looks pretty similar. So, but it's pretty, pretty cool. I would drive that car if I was in a race. (laughs) (laughs) So (laughs) the other question then after that, we see uh, Leah Iacocca go find Carol Shelby because Carol Shelby was one of the only Americans that's ever won the Le Mans race before and was seeking his help uh, for the project. He goes and finds him, brings him into the project, and then he brings in Ken Miles or Carol Shelby brings in Ken Miles to be the driver and also be on the project. Uh, Then they go to Ford headquarters and you can see uh, Carol Shelby or Matt Damon's character have a speech at the uh, Ford Motor Company where he says, the luckiest man is one that knows what he wants to do for he will never have to work a day in his life. And then he claimed, you know, he's like, that's, I'm one of those men and that's why I've had the success I've had. And Somebody else is also like that, and that somebody is Henry Ford, and then has this big speech. So I would have never even thought of this, but Alan and Kai asked, did he really do that speech? Trav, what do you think? Yes. Alan? Mm, No. One of you is correct. (laughs) (laughs) I would assume so. The answer is no. He didn't actually ever have that speech. So that was just a speech made up for the movie. Um, After he does that, they work on the project. They build the early versions of the car. So I don't even know why this was a question. This was just a question that was online. So maybe there's somebody out there that was wondering this, but they're like, is the early version of the uh, Ford GT really dangerous? Like, (laughs) is it dangerous? I mean, I just thought it was a foregone conclusion that probably that when you build a race car that goes over 200 miles per hour from like, and you don't know really you're building it from scratch that it is dangerous. But the answer surprisingly is yes, it was dangerous. Um, (laughs) Some of the problems that would happen is like the brake rotors and they kind of depicted this in the movie Mm -hmm. uh, would heat up to over 15,000 or not 15,000, 1500 degrees in a matter of seconds. um, And they would just wear out. Uh, and then seconds. Yeah. In seconds. And then other issues were there were, uh, the design was poorly made as far as aerodynamics goes. So it would constantly lift the car up. Mm -hmm. Um, 
and would cause it to leave the ground and cause all kinds of problems. And there's actually an incident where they were test driving two cars at once and they both lifted up and they crashed into each other. Um, so there's a guy who actually, it was the partner of Shelby um, in the Le Mans when he won. Um, he was an English man. His name is Roy Salvo- Salvadori. Um, he apparently was brought on by Shelby too for this project and he was one of the test drivers <clears throat> but after a little while he quit the project because he's like I'm quitting to save my life because I think I'll die if I keep trying to do this mm-hmm. so that's how dangerous it was <clears throat> um, do all of the races depicted in the movie actually occur because do you guys remember I mean <clears throat> excuse me do you guys remember I watched it yesterday, but Alan watched it yesterday. Do you guys remember how many races there were in the movie? The Le Mans. There was the one Daytona. The, wait, was it Daytona? I don't know if it was Daytona, but uh, whatever the one that uh, Ken Miles was in at the very beginning where he gets all upset and breaks... Something I can't remember his, what he breaks. He chucks but, the oh, wrench. His, yeah, chucks chucks the wrench, wrench and it breaks his wind. I don't know, like three or four. And then there's the <clears> one <throat> where he like pounds out his trunk because they said the trunk is too big. That's, yeah. small. that's the same one. Oh, that is the same. The same and then there's the one that it starts with with Carol Shel- Carol Shelby in the Le Mans. Oh, that's the Le Mans. Yeah, Le Mans. So yeah, if you count the one at the beginning with Carol Shelby, and then you go to the one that Trav's talking about, and then you go to Daytona, and you go to the Le Mans again, there's four, if I remember right, from watching it less than 24 hours ago. See, what I don't get, though, when I was watching it is he has to, like, he makes a deal that if Ken wins the Daytona race, then he gets to be a driver in uh, Le Mans with Henry yeah. Ford, right? And then he's doing the Daytona race. That's a 24-hour race in the movie, they said. So yeah. it's like, why is the Le Mans so difficult compared to Daytona? We'll get to that okay. shortly. I don't know if I can necessarily answer your question the way you want me to, but I'll get to that. Um, but yeah, so the one race, the, all the races in the movie were real, except for that one at the beginning where he's pounding out his trunk. Um, Mm. That one was considered at Willow Springs Raceway in California, and it did not actually happen. It was just a way for them to develop the characters of Matt Damon and Christian Bale more so um, quickly in the movie by having that weird dynamic between them occur and then showing how uh, Christian Bale's character, Ken Miles, Race flies off the handles, like an, so. yeah, and is like has is an oddball character that kind mm-hmm. of stuff. Um, but the rest were real. But there's a whole bunch of other races that occurred that actually did not, or that were not depicted in the movie. So there wasn't like this streamline of like it was just this, this, and this. It was like tons of races mm-hmm. that built up to it. So, um, and then Ken Miles was Ken Miles really told not to go to France for the Le Mans in 1965. Because the first time they went to Le Mans, yeah, there's like a whole portion of the movie that is based around the fact that Ford comes back and says he's not a Ford man because he flies off the handle. So mm. you, we don't want him to race our car, so you cannot bring him to whatever. Do you like? 
that did not actually happen. <clears throat> so he did this race goes, in, the, in that one? So this goes back uh, to the whole thing you were talking about, and you were right, Alan. Like, Leo, baby, baby, BB, was not actually that big of a douche. Like, he did, he and Ken Miles had like a little beef, but it's more just because Leo didn't always agree with like how Ken Miles acted or reacted mm-hmm. or did things, but that was about the extent of it. Um, so it was just super exaggerated for the movie. My guess is they wanted like a villain. Yeah. They needed, they needed somebody that you absolutely just despised. Yeah. yeah. Cause like and in the movie, job. I did like, he's a huge dick. And yeah. <laughs> in my head, I was like, for what? What did he do to you exactly that justifies this amount of dickery? But, and I'm like, so in real life, like, how would you, how would in the real Ken, like, not have reacted to that? You know? Yeah. Or in the movie. Well, there was that question. Like, I don't know if like, you had that question too, Trav. In real life, if somebody is treating you like that, you would totally react to it. Like, it would be hard not to. Yeah, like it. Even in the movie, there's doesn't seem to be like a real good reason for him to be to hate Ken Miles so much. With that much of a passion, like yeah. just he just suddenly hates him, and then yeah. like that just fuels him throughout the whole movie. <laughs> like mm-hmm. after years, he's just like, I hate this dude. I don't know why. I just do. Like I want to <laughs> make his life miserable. The other thing is like this Trav with that quarterback that he says like has a beak. Oh. Uh what's his name? It's not Rosen, is it? Well, he's not on the card. Rosen. Josh Rosen. Rosen. <laughs> Rosen looked like a bird. <laughs> <laughs> That's true. And Trav the, does have and weird Flacco. hatreds towards hate Flacco. sports figures. Yeah. He hated Flacco. He hated Josh Rosen. He hated the dude with the long neck. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Mike Gannon. Is that his name? Mike Glennon. Mike Glennon. Um, he hates James Harden. He hates- well, everyone <laughs> hates James Harden. That's justified. <laughs> uh, but anyway. And earlier, Alan, I didn't know if you wanted to uh, give us like a little, what do they call those things? Like fairy tale or <laughs> kids. Poem, fable. <laughs> yeah, I don't. what are you talking? About? Where are you going with this? Just in the <laughs> middle of hey, Alan. You, you said want to give us a fairy tale, because <laughs> you said you said dickery, and that's like hickory. okay. Oh, that was. <laughs> Last episode, that was like you, twenty minutes ago. <laughs> last episode, he accused me of always being behind. And that was like literally maybe five seconds. Danny, here's the difference between you and I. Okay. I heard him say dickery. Okay. (laughs) I heard it. Did I want to say hickory dickory dock afterwards? Yes, I did. But I didn't. (laughs) And I definitely, definitely didn't do it five minutes later. (laughs) Did and, I want to say bring dickery, it up dickery the, talk? Yes, I did. <laughs> and you brought it up in the weirdest, like, creepiest way you could say it. Like, like, what did I say that all of a sudden I'm saying, like, nursery rhymes to children? <laughs> Alan, did you want to 
Tell us a fairy tale, a children's <laughs> poem. <laughs> I couldn't remember what they were called all of a sudden. What are they called? Like Mother Goose Story. Is that a nursery, nursery rhyme? Rhymes. Nursery rhyme. Yeah, that's what it's called. <laughs> I just said that too, oh. and he's behind again. <laughs> oh, all man. right. We should probably start blowing through some of this or racing through no pun intended uh but yeah so i don't even remember what we were talking about oh yeah so <laughs> 10 miles actually did go um to le mans in 1965 um and he was actually when you see in the movie that they're least listening to the radio i don't know why i did a phone symbol for that but um he's listening to the radio listening to the race and the all the drivers have to retire because their cars break down, basically. <clears throat> um, the truth is that like, he was one of those drivers. Like when he raced in 1965, he had a, re- he had a retire his car because the gearbox failed in his car. So, so he was actually there in 65 um, and was not left behind. So that brings you kind of to the next series well, would, of scenes so in the movie. In my head, it- the reason that they didn't show him at the first one is a to add more fuel to the fire between him and like Ford and the whole whatever. But also it would take away from in the movie, they depict him as like a legend of a driver. And if it shows him losing Lamont's the first time, then it's going to take away from like how good he is supposed to be in the movie. Yeah. Yeah. I thought the same thing. I get why they made the choice that they did for the movie. Because mm-hmm. he never crazy. lost any race in the movie, right? Yeah. It was pretty well, much a, until the end one. where he technically lost, but that's he true. Didn't. That's true. Um, so then it goes to the next series of events in the movie lead up to the fact that they say, nope, sorry, we need him back because Car- Carol Shelby has an entire speech he gives to Henry Ford uh, on the fact that they need to um, listen to him and he gets Ken Miles back involved and promises him that he's got carte blanche um, now. And then again, they try to screw him over and say that they Ken Miles can't go, right? Mm-hmm. So that comes to the whole scene where they make up the plan where uh, Carol Shelby actually goes and locks Leo Beebe in his office um, and then goes out and takes Henry Ford for a joy ride of sorts um, to convince him that you can't just have anybody behind the wheel in one of these cars. Mm-hmm. So did that joyride or did shelby really take henry ford on that heart pumping ride yes or no 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 you guys are correct shelby did not take henry ford on that heart pumping ride actually ken miles did so ken miles actually took him on that that ride or on that drive two things out of it one leo bb's character was not actually locked in a office during this time and two there's no evidence that henry ford ii actually cried on that drive (laughs) so that up in the air you know as in mythbusters say it's not confirmed and it's not busted it's just like we don't know yet (laughs) (laughs) do they have a word for (laughs) Did they? 
unconfirmed or something. <laughs> it's not confirmed. <laughs> What's that word? When it's not confirmed? Unconfirmed. <laughs> well, then they have busted, and then they have, like, confirmed. There's, like, something that's, like, they don't know. <laughs> I should have never started down that road. <laughs> There's a lot of paths you should have started down. Uh, anyway. Um, so the next question is, did Carol Shelby really bet his business, Shelby American Inc., on Ken Miles winning the Daytona? Because that's the whole scene he tells. I'm going to say no. Because, I'm going to say no. Well, because in real life, he already went to the first freaking Le Mans race. So there would be no reason to have to convince Ford to let him race in the second one, right? Yeah, and you're right. The answer is no. He did not actually bet his company, uh, Shelby American Inc., um, with Henry Ford um, that Ken Miles would win the Daytona race. So then that brings us into the Daytona race itself, which Alan, you're right. Uh, we all know the Daytona 500. That's the very popular one that, I mean, everyone at least knows the name of, which mm-hmm. my understanding is they race around the track 500 times. And it's one of those things where it's fastest time to go around 500 times wins the race, right? Mm-hmm. Um, but in the movie, they depict it as a 24-hour race as well. So I was curious, did they actually, is this actually a 24-hour race? So I looked it up and sure enough, yes. The Daytona, uh, they had the Daytona 500 that started in 1959, but in 1962, they started a race, uh, a three-hour-long race they called the Daytona Continental, and then they transitioned that race in 1966, which is the first year, like the year that Ken Miles raced in it in the movie, and they extended it to a 24-hour race to match that of Le Mans, trying to make it like the next big thing, right? Like the United States Le Mans. version of, yeah, Le Mans. So he did race. Like the MLS. That. Yeah, like soccer. Yeah. Sure. The MLS in the United States. Yeah, kind of. There's like a lot of things you could say that about, I guess. Uh, I just know Brian. somebody who hates MLS. He's like, it'll never be FIFA. I mean, you could be like, like pizza. Like, it was originally from Italy, but they make weird, gross pizza pizza there, in my opinion. <laughs> like, margarita is not my favorite. In Italy? Or like, he, isn't that the type of pizza? Like, margarita yeah. pizza? Like the yeah. white pizza? No, no it's like, I don't know. Trav, you know margarita pizza. <laughs> <laughs> you guys are the worst. <laughs> At like your tangents. They're the most dull tangents I have ever witnessed. It's like it's like pizza from Italy. It's kind of gross. Margarita? Is that it? Margarita pizza. The white one? Like this. Stop putting me on tangents, Al. 
<laughs> so anyway, um, you're the one who. Okay, it's it's not too big of a leap to go from comparing Daytona to Le Mans and MLS to FIFA, and how Daytona will never be Le Mans and FIFA or MLS will never be FIFA. You brought up pizza out of nowhere. That's nothing. That's these are sports I was talking about. Pizza right. has a food. But yeah, let's move on. So anyway, um, in that race though, there's the whole dramatic scene where <laughs> where Carol Shelby goes out, jumps over the like the railing or whatever, goes to the shoulder of the racetrack and he holds up the sign that he wrote in chalk, which one, that's kind of crazy that that's how they kind of communicate back then was on a chalkboard. But then he lifts it up and it says 7,000 plus go like hell. Like meaning we don't care. We know we can RPMs. Yeah. Mm-hmm. We capped you at 6,000 RPMs, but guess what? Nope. Just push it to 7,000 and win this race. Um, that never happened. So that was, like, that was like an awesome part of the movie though. So it I was wish a whiteboard, not a chalkboard, huh? Just kidding. <laughs> yeah. There was no whiteboards. I don't. I don't know. There might have been. Um, Twenty-four hour long races. Do they still exist to this day? That was a question I have. They do, actually. I had no idea about this. I would have thought that I would have known about this. I don't know why, but I thought I would have. But uh, like I said, the Le Mans race started in 1923 and is raced annually and that is still going to this day. And it is like definitely like the granddaddy. Uh, that's what I was looking for earlier of all the races of these <laughs> endurance races, they call them. Um, but they also still have the 24 hour race at Daytona that occurs every single year, but they've rebranded it and renamed it the Rolex 24. Um, Cause mm. Rolex sponsors it. And the winner of that race gets a Rolex as part of their prize. I'm like, that's it. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. Maybe that's it. I don't know. But I'm assuming there's more. I'm assuming they probably get like a cup. Is it 24 karat gold? I don't know. I didn't ask Rolex. But you could probably like call Rolex and ask them. Or Google it. Um, Actually, Google a picture and send it. Uh... <laughs> but anyway, you guys know in horse racing, right? There's the triple crown of the three different races. Yeah. Biggies. They also have a triple crown in endurance race car racing, um, which includes the 24 hours of Daytona, followed by 12 hours of Sebring and 24 hours of Le Mans. And they never show the Sebring race in the movie, but they do mention it later on when they're talking at the end about him winning the triple crown. Mm-hmm. Um, and cause it's like you won Daytona, you won Sebring and now you're going to win this race, you know? Mm-hmm. And then that's what brought up like the whole, like he said, you'll still, you'll be the only one who's ever won all three. Right. Is what Shelby says to Ken. You'll yeah. Still, you'll be the only because one who won all three. That would have been the first year that it could have been. Because that was the first year of the Daytona 24 hour race. But since then, nine drivers have won the Triple Crown. But Ken Miles was not one of them because he was screwed over in the end. Mm-hmm. Um, the other thing, the big part of it that it shows is like the whole 
break contraption because i mean you see in a dramatic scene in the movie where he's going and his brakes stop working and he spins out and he mm-hmm. this car explodes and he's on fire and they go pull him out and he ends up being okay but the brakes failed right and so they're like we got to figure something out and like i said earlier the brakes were known to like overheat to over 1500 degrees in mere seconds um so that one phil remington um in the movie um he actually did come up with a contraption where they could swap the entire brake assembly out and put a new one in um, while they were racing and that was a huge part of what helped them win Le Mans was the fact that they could do that and in the movie it depicts when they're doing it like everyone else puts up a huge fuss and they like try to disqualify him for mm-hmm. breaking the rules and that did happen everyone was trying to like whoa they can't do that but it really wasn't in the rule book so therefore they could do it mm-hmm. they were allowed to do it and that was a big part of what helped them win the race um, I, I was so, oh sorry go no go ahead one thing I don't get about the movie is Ken Burn or not Ken Burns. What's his last? Ken Miles? Ken Miles. Miles. They tell him to slow down so all three cars can cross the finish line at the same time, right? Yeah. But if it's a 24 hour race and it doesn't matter, it only matters how f- their distance that you went in 24 hours, then there is no like finish line that they all cross at the same time right is there no that they can get that like photo picture of all of them crossing i don't think it's necessarily like in the movie they do make it sound like there's a line they have to cross yeah in real life i think it's just they wanted them at the 24 hour mark to all just be side by side oh okay Um, yeah so that's basically what they did um so bring up the next picture, number four. If you guys were curious, because they make a whole big to-do. I mean, Matt Damon's character explains this track at Le Mans as like the most menacing track. Like he has a very cool, long speech about it. Um, but then the Peter, um, Ken Miles' son, draws the track later in the movie. And it looks fairly simplistic and so i was like what does it look like for real is it simple or is it crazy and so this is an actual picture of what the track looks like and yes it's got some like crazy turns like turn 11 and 12 would suck in Mm -hmm. my opinion um but for the most part it it is kind of an oval shape i mean it's not like a perfect oval but Nine would be pretty crazy, too. Yeah, nine would be a, a big turn. But I think 14, 15, 16, and 17 would be kind of fun, personally. <laughs> 14, 15, 16, yeah. Oh. yeah, it's like a little switchback. I feel like these uh, seven and eight, they're just freaking like the equivalent of speed bumps. So you can't just your whole way on that straightaway. That's my impression of a kind of. Yeah, I could see that. But anyway, you get my point. Um, they're not... I don't know. I'm not a racer. Oh, how I would big? probably freak out if I was going 200 miles per hour on Do you, do you have like a sense of scale of like how big this track is, though? Like how, like um, I, think this is like, I think this is like eight miles around oh, the moon. That's pretty big. Uh, um, so yeah, it's a big track, but that's just what I remember from the movie. 
as he mentions, it's eight miles, something like that. So that's what the track looks like. Um, the other weird thing about it that I had a question on, I don't know if you guys had the same thing is like when they start the Le Mans race, they all line up like in a row, just ready to run. Yeah. And mm-hmm. all their race cars are parked far away. So bring up the next picture and you can see what I'm talking about for anybody who's just listening on the podcast. Basically they do a foot race before the race car race. And <laughs> yeah, I just thought it was weird. And my initial instinct, no joke was like, that seems super dangerous. Like, I don't know. Gets in their car and then yeah, somebody like, else is still running to their car. Cause they're super like, if smart. you're looking at this picture um, on YouTube um, and for anybody who's not there, <laughs> the vast majority of these guys and this photo have already crossed well beyond the halfway point, And many of them are actually reaching their cars. Right. See the dude that's about like four guys in closest. <laughs> yeah. Like, did he yeah. not realize that the race started? <laughs> Or like, what? How is he so far behind? <laughs> that guy is going to freaking get run over by the time he gets to his car. So, but yeah, like apparently I was not the only one with these concerns, even though this was before I was alive. Um, it was a concern for a lot of people. They actually called this the Le Mans, Le Mans start. Um, but uh, in 1970, so shortly after this, four years after the race that Ken Miles uh, was depicted in the movie um they put a stop to this because drivers and everyone was like this is unsafe like i don't want to do this even like anyone else uncomfortable with this (laughs) (laughs) even the um, one of the american drivers and uh that won in 1969 um refused to run to his car and just leisurely walked to his car to start the race so he was in last place to start the race because everyone else ran and he just kind of walked um but he ended up winning anyway so i think they realized like it doesn't really matter like the outcome of this foot race is not really affecting the outcome of the race afterward i think when we were watching it i made the joke because there's added they added sprinting to it i was like it's like the decathlon but as i like to call it the decathlon Oh yeah, so oh, I did say that, <laughs> and I think I had the same reaction of like, Bleh. but has anyone has anyone else ever like when you're coming out of the grocery store or something, you go to get in your car, and then as you're opening it, you realize that's the wrong car, that's not my car. I feel like yeah, I feel like in that heated, heated situation, that are you just thinking that somebody like, would go to the wrong car? Yeah, just be like, hey, oh, oh, oh man. Uh, I thought he was just like wanted to go off on his own story. Does <laughs> ever remember this time? But yeah, I could see that. That would suck. Or if you really like, maybe that was what it was. Like you, you eye a car you really want. Like, Ooh, I want the number one car. That's what I was gonna say. That's like how dodgeball starts, isn't it? Everyone <laughs> has to like stand back and then you blow the whistle and everyone runs to the middle toward the balls. It's like some team has like the worst cars, they but they don't care because they're like we hired uh, Jamaican drivers, and so we'll get all the good cars for sure. Um, so and then the big scene, like you said, Alan, in the end is did all three of the cars finish the race at the same time? Like, is that how it really happened? Is that how it really ended in the end of the movie? 
And yes, it did. Um, Henry Ford did say that he wanted that to be the end result of the race because they were so far ahead of every other team. So that wasn't like a risk. Um, and Ken Miles in the movie, like he should, he's like all mad and pissed off about it. But in real life, he was like a lot more cordial about it. He just, he decided to be a team player since he worked for Ford technically. So, and then the last thing is, um, Carol Shelby's character in the movie is kind of like, you do what you want. I'm not going to tell you to do it. Like very much like this is your call. But in real life, he admitted that, no, he told him that also like he needs to do it. Mm -hmm. Um, So he actually feels bad to the day he died. He said, Um, Carol Shelby's like, I wish I would have never said that because of what it cost Ken miles. Mm -hmm. Um, It cost him the triple crown, which he would have been the first triple crown winner for sure um and then at the very end ken miles is shown doing uh some more testing on another car after the whole race thing is over i guess so wait, i'm confused on that part of the, at the end was that for shelby's company that he was at the end when he's testing those cars or was that still for ford for ford um, yeah so for ford at the very end he's test driving another car apparently this was the new ford j car which was supposed to be the successor of the gt40 um that he drives throughout the movie mm-hmm. and so he was test driving that he was coming down a straightaway on the back end at over 200 miles per hour um but Again, the car was, I guess, apparently wasn't designed well enough, so it started lifting off the ground. Um, the rear end lifted off the ground, and then it caused the car to flip and crash and catch fire. And he was ejected from the vehicle during this crash and died instantly. And so he did end up passing away. Um, and it sounds like from a couple things I did see, it looks like his son actually was there um, and had to witness that. So... I don't know. It's it's a sad part of the movie because you really get to like that character by the time that happens mm-hmm. um, in the movie, and then you really feel for. I think Matt Damon did a really really good job of like watering his eyes when he's talking to Peter Miles, like the son at the end, because like I was like I would totally be the same way. Like my I would be almost blind because my eyes would be so watery because I'd be like holding back tears in that situation. So I don't know if that got to you guys as well. Um, <laughs> You're like choking up at this moment. Like, Oh God, why did he have to die? <laughs> uh, but the first question I had before the movie started and the question that ended with when the movie ended was the popular famous car from history or from American culture, the 1965 Shelby Mustang GT 350. Is that a, like, was that car actually named after Carol Shelby? Um, and you can bring up the picture, Alan, it shows, we have a picture of what it looks like. It's picture number six. Um, but yeah, um, actually Lee Iacotta, um, during this time frame, they were, Ford was coming out with the Mustang, um, line, and he was afraid that and worried that they actually were not going to sell and have the right image. So he hired or called Shelby and asked him if he could please help uh, with this car and make sure that it had a sports card winning performance uh, image. Um, so the key did help come in, do that, took it to races. They won a bunch of like 
circuit races and stuff like that with the Ford Mustang Shelby. Um, mm. And so it's a car that actually, like, I'm not like a car person, but I actually really like the classic look of this car. Like, I think it looks like a cool. classic muscle car look. Yeah, of like specifically this one. Like, mm-hmm. I think it's well, well designed. Um, looks more like something, um, is his name Dom would drive rather than yeah. Fast other, and Furious? Rather than the other character. But that's like, we could go several podcast episodes on Fast and Furious. So <laughs> Trav can tell that already. I know in his eyes, I can see it. <laughs> so, is it true? Anyway. So, Ken Miles really did get inducted into the uh, Hall of Fame. The yeah, I don't know exactly what you call it—the race car driver Hall of Fame, whatever it is. Yeah, Ken Miles really was like a dominant racer, um, one of the best, apparently. Mm. So um, that part was true. Yeah, but in the end, like little things about the movie, Enzo Ferrari did not really attend the race. So there's a whole part of the, they're all at the race and they always look up at Enzo Ferrari who's sitting up there in the like box or whatever, watching the race. And he actually did not even attend the race in real life. Um, The director said he did that because he just didn't want to pan back and forth between Ferrari watching it on TV and uh, Peter and Molly. Um, Miles watching it on TV. So he's like, that's too much. So I wanted to put one of them there. So he put that character at the actual race. Um, the footage in the movie is all real. Like no CGI as far as the race cars themselves is concerned. Like they CGI'd in some of the, like the fans in the stands, but that's it. Really? Yeah. So that's kind of cool. Uh, Ford, spent an ex- estimated 25 to $100 million, somewhere in that range, uh, on this race project to win Le Mans, which back in then... Back I mean, then money? Yeah, back Dang. then money. So we're talking Syria, like that's probably what, like half a mil- billion to a billion dollars or something like that. Um, now, uh, Ford financially backed the program f- until 1967. But... They America like an Ford won the race in 1966, 67, 68, and 69. And I didn't know this, but I assume Ford was involved the whole time though. But Ford actually pulled out after 67. And so it was just private investors who just purchased the Ford GT40 and used that to race in the race, and they won in the same car over and over. Yeah, and they won the race in 68 and 69, um, but they were actually private owners. They were no longer backed by Ford. I was going to ask, did, like, so when they made, make these race cars, like, do they actually sell them to just like people? Or is it just like, it's a, I was going to ask, are they just one of the kind that they built and that's it? Yeah, no, I mean, they'll do like, like Ferrari, their business model was we're going to build sports cars that can be sold to like the everyday consumer and that's going to fund our company, right? Like that's mm-hmm. how they make money and then they do the racing and the racing kind of is a self-fulfilling prophecy because people want the cars that are winning all these yeah. races. But for the most part, other com- car companies, whether it's Toyota or Ford or whoever, it's a losing proposition for them to dump a lot of money into racing. Mm-hmm. And so that's why a lot of them pulled out for a while is because it was so expensive and it wasn't really helping their sales because they weren't really selling. They weren't known for selling like race cars, Yeah, you know? So that was 
basically yeah what happened after they dumped all that money into it they realized they probably weren't getting their bang for their buck but anyway long story short in the end i thought the movie um was there's a lot of things about the movie that specifically iconic scenes that i was disappointed in that were not real like the holding up the board with the 7,000 plus go like hell, like the speech that he makes at the Ford Motor Company, like various things like that were not real. Like the whole mm-hmm. playoff on Enzo Ferrari being at the race, like all these things, right? Um, but overall, I think they've held fairly true to the basis of the story, meaning they didn't sound like they take in, they took liberties on little things but they didn't just like completely change the story from mm-hmm. beginning to end, if that makes sense. Yeah. Um, so they, I think this is like middle of the road between your Apollo 13 and Trav's greatest showman where one was like super like accurate. The other was like super inaccurate. This one kind of seems to fall in the middle. Yeah. What do you guys think? Yeah. Sounds good to me. Good show. Good show. So, well, I'm assuming that's it. (laughs) (laughs) Yep. How many stars would you give Ford versus Ferrari as the last question? Out of? Oh, like 10. 10 stars? That's quite a few stars. (laughs) (laughs) Actually, I have Trav answer this, but out of 47. (laughs) I give it 34. <laughs> 34 out of 47 stars. Yep. 34 that's, out of 47 stars. That's pretty good. I'd give it 34 and a half. Okay. <laughs> oh. <laughs> well, we're going to wrap up now. Um, yeah. If you guys haven't seen it, I would suggest going and watching Ford versus Ferrari. But uh, if there's any other um, biopic movies that you think we should do, I mean, we, we, already picked our four but you know we have no problem doing any others um or at least discussing it so um let us know visit our uh social media pages facebook instagram twitter all of the above um you can find us there you can communicate with us um and uh, let us know what you think so until next week uh, it's trav my Dell's week for that and uh, we'll figure out we, I, we have no clue what he has in store so it will be a surprise next week actually we do do we yeah did he say yeah oh we the do. conjuring at least that's what he said. I don't know if he's decided that that's what he is going to do definitely, but he okay. was talking about doing the conjuring. I so. hope he does. Cause I'm, I'm actually, actually excited. excited yeah. I didn't even think about doing a horror movie. Yeah. So super excited for that. If that's what happens. So make sure you tune in next week for that. And until then we will catch you later. Peace. Peace.